Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Hello there, and welcome to the Transformation for Success show. I want to thank you for turning in today with my guest, Mr. Bob Berg, a sought-after speaker at leadership and sales conferences, and he is going to discuss today the success of today's business person. Bob speaks for corporations and associations internationally, including Fortune 500 companies, franchises, and numerous direct sales organizations. I am so delighted to have him on the show. He also is a former television personality and is a top producing salesperson today. And he shared the platform with some of today's top business leaders, broadcast personalities, coaches, athletes, and political leaders. Bob also has authored a number of books that include the critically acclaimed Endless Referrals, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales and Adversaries into Allies. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm great, Doctor. How are you? I am fantastic, and I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I really am, because there's so much that I'm going to learn from you as well, because I saw, I didn't uh, note yet your business parable, which is The Go-Giver, that was co-authored with John David Mann, and this book, I understand, has captured the imagination of so many readers. Uh, it's been Wall Street Journal and Business Week bestseller, so Welcome again, Bob Berg. And well, thank you. I am, I'm just so excited about having you on the show today because, you know, there are a growing number of entrepreneurs and especially female entrepreneurs. And since we're on a show that is with the Women's Network and also the Empowerment Network because we're a syndicated show, I know that people are going to really uh, glean a lot from some of the things that we're going to talk about today. So, uh, Bob, first of all, tell me a little bit about your background and your journey. How did you get into this? And where did it all begin for you? Well, I began in uh, broadcasting, first as a mm-hmm. uh, radio sportscaster, and then a, I was a news anchor for a very, very small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, was, you know, it was such a small station that it was it was actually good because I, I wasn't really particularly good as a newscaster. I mean, I could read the news, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, anyone can pretty much do that. But I certainly was not a journalist. <laughs> you know, I was very young. <laughs> I didn't know much about the news, and, and at that time, I I really didn't care. So, and I, and I think that probably assured that I wasn't going to last too long. I I was probably also a little bit too positive for the medium anyway. My idea of a good broadcast opening would be. You know, good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Berg in the news tonight. Everything's great. <laughs> you know, go to bed. We'll let you know. If, you know, if something comes up. So, so it wasn't long before I, what I like to say, graduated into sales. Great. And I, you know, the the challenge, uh, Doctor Young, was that I knew nothing about sales, and so I I really floundered for the first few months, and then I went into a bookstore one day. Now this is. 
37, 38 years ago, back when the you know bookstores were mainly known for for books as opposed to coffee and, right. and snacks and so forth. And I was right. in the the business section, and I saw there was a sales section, which surprised me because I didn't really. I didn't realize sales teaching was a thing. <laughs> you know, it was not something yeah. I'd been taught. Uh, and there were a couple of books in there, authors uh, like Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar, and and yeah. I, I got their books and I began to you know to put their principles to work. And in a very very short period of time, my sales began to go through the roof. And of course, there was there was no real difference in me <laughs> then than there would be a short period of time later, except for one thing, I. Mm-hmm. I had knowledge that I didn't previously had, and of course, I was willing to apply that knowledge. And that's one reason why I think that having a system for doing something is so very important. When you Absolutely. think about it, Absolutely. You know, yeah. What, I mean, what, I, the, what can I ask you? Just a quick moment. Uh, what were some of the first principles that you learned uh, that applied to what I call your knowledge is power? Well, the, first uh, uh, mm-hmm. the main thing was that, that good professional salespeople don't talk as much as they listen. They ask questions. Uh, they, they ask questions not, not for the purposes of, of uh, you know, being able to attain information that's going to just help you close, but information for the sake of helping to know how you can better serve this person in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about it, and you know, I define selling simply as discovering what the other person needs, wants, or desires, and helping them to get it. That's what selling is, and a lot of times, that's right. Yeah, you have entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. get into business and they have a product they believe in, a service they believe in. They're excited about what they're doing. They know they can add so much value to other people's lives, but they they have this fear of selling. They they they'll say, I I don't know how to. I don't like selling. Mm-hmm. And I want to just suggest it's not that they don't like selling; it's that they don't like the idea of what they think selling is. Because if you look at selling as something you do to someone, right? If you look at at, at at selling as trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or need, well, that's going to be incongruent with your values. And, of course, you're not going to feel comfortable doing something like that, and you won't be good at it. Uh, no, no. But, yeah, but when we realize selling is simply bringing value to others, now, you know, it's a whole different thing. And that was one of the first thing I, things I learned from people like Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins <laughs> and the others I studied. Well, you know, I wonder if anybody has that tagline, bringing values to others. Well, that's sort of the it, – it's sort of the basic premise of, of the go-giver, which you were kind enough to mention, it's a, which, you know, as you said, is a business parable, so it's a story. It's a fable. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the basic premise is simply that shifting one's focus, and this is really the key, uh, shifting one's focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently uh, bringing value to others and understanding that not only is this a, a nice way, a pleasant way of doing business, it's actually a very financially profitable way as well. It is. But but tell me, Bob, you know, I'm 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 picking up something. Was this something that was innately within you? Because one of the things that I wanted to ask you was because so many people today, it's about getting rather than giving. Uh, and that it's almost like you have to really pull that out of someone into giving, that it's not about 
getting all the time. And particularly with some of the new millennials, it's about, I got to get, I got to gain, I got to get, I got to acquire, rather than I want to give. I don't hear a lot of that. Well, you know, for for a lot of people, it is a matter of shifting their focus and, and, mm-hmm. and shifting their understanding. Uh, why? Because while they may have been brought up that way in terms of seeing business as a you know grab all you can type of thing, and mm-hmm. and all the all the the negative in the world we hear about business that uh, you know in order to succeed you've got to you've got to do bad things or build your success on the back of others or take advantage of people and the fact is in a free market based economy uh, it really which is defined simply by saying that no one has to buy from you uh, it's understanding mm-hmm. that the only reason someone's going to buy from you is because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so with that in mind you know that as the sales person, as the entrepreneur, it is absolutely incumbent upon you to focus on them. Uh, this is why John David Mann, my awesome co-author, uh, why we say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to value's lightning, if you will. In other words, the value comes first and the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided. But if you have been introduced to sales or business in a mm-hmm. different way that says, no, it's a ruthless blah, 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 but you know that, well, then mm-hmm. obviously you're not going to know. <laughs> and you're going to think true. it's all about just taking as much as you can. But no, the, the successful people, the sustainably profitable people, uh, they have done this by looking for ways to give value to others, whether or not that's their natural uh, inclination or just understanding that that is mm-hmm. the only way someone's going to buy from you. After all, no one's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? Uh, no. They're, right, they're, they're not going to buy from you because you need the money or even because you're a really nice person who believes in, in your product or service. They're only going to buy from you, again, because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. Well, was this something that you were raised in an environment where there was a focus on giving uh, as opposed to gaining? Where does this come from within you as, well, as a person? Well, I was very blessed to, to be born to and raised by two wonderful people who mm-hmm. embody you know, the very essence of, of what I would call being a go-giver. Now, that's not a term that would have been used that would have been thought of um, mm-hmm. back then, but that was a, certainly a great example to, to see. I mean, these are people who, who brought value to everyone whose lives they touched, whether it was you know, business or personal. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I had a great, a great example. Uh, I think as I got older and got into the business world, I lost my way a little bit because you start seeing mm-hmm. people doing things that, you know, maybe aren't what you uh, what you really know is right. But fortunately, after a, a short period of time, I came back to you know to my roots, mm-hmm. so to speak, and and uh, you know, and it's been an entirely different story. Was there a particular experience that sparked? your journey, you know, into the go-giver mode, more or less? 
Well, yeah, that's a great question. And I remember working for a company. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd been in sales a couple of years, and, I, and I'd been doing pretty well. I'd read it and studied it and learned and practiced, and I was doing pretty well. I, and uh, But I definitely was not realizing my full potential by any means. And I remember I was working for one company at the time, and I came back to the office one day, one afternoon after a an unsuccessful sales appointment, and I, I must have had a disgusted look on my face or something, because one of the people there, an older guy, uh, he wasn't even in sales. He was, I think, in engineering or something, and I, I knew him very informally. And I say an older guy, he's probably my age now, right? But back then, he was an older guy. So, but I... but. But he probably saw, you know, the potential in me that was not being realized. And he was a wise man, and he he asked if he could give me some advice. And I said, sure, absolutely, I could use it. And he said, you know, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in in business, actually said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Mm -hmm. Now, when you hit the target, he continued, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money, and you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget the, the, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. Your target is serving others, meaning your customer. And that is, is what really kind of – there was my epiphany right there. It, it, it all kind of made <laughs> oh, yeah. total oh, sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, that has a lot to do with the, the, the premise of the go-giver, which, you know, came uh, 30 years after that. Isn't that something? You spent 30 years in the making and came right. up with this wonderful book, co-authored with uh, John David Mann. I tell you, uh, I am absolutely fascinated with this whole notion of the go-giver. But you talk about something else I wanted to explore, and that is the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and you talk about that. But what about those who aren't entrepreneurs? You know, <laughs> sure. Right, those who work in a, in, in someone else's business, and 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 it's a great question um, because we think of the entrepreneur as being that mm-hmm. person who goes into business for themselves, who mm-hmm. uh, maybe risks their own capital, or they get investors. Usually, a combination of both. They put in the sweat equity. They right, and and that is an entrepreneur, absolutely. But regardless of whether you own your own business or you're working in another person's company, you still need to operate in an entrepreneurial way. Why? Because you still have customers. Your your customers, though, are the people you work with, people whose, who, whose teams you are on, people who are on your team, uh, your colleagues, uh, of course, your employer, and eventually, whether directly or indirectly, the, the end uh, user or the customer. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, just like no one's going to buy from you because you need the money, no one's going to hire you because you want want a job. They're mm-hmm. going to hire you and pay you a salary because they believe they are receiving value that's commensurate to what they're paying. And hopefully they feel they're receiving more in value than what they're paying. Uh, because when you do that, you make yourself indispensable to the degree anyone can, you know, can be indispensable. So um, it's, it's the same thing. You still have to operate as though everyone else is your customer, uh, just like an entrepreneur mm-hmm. would. So mm-hmm. in, I guess maybe instead of being an entrepreneur, you'd be an intrapreneur, an entrepreneur within another person's organization. I like that. Now, one of, one of the things I was thinking, you have a great, great voice. 
Um, Thank you. And I can see why you did well on radio. (laughs) And how did you get into television? I just want to kind of backtrack a little bit because you've been in radio and TV. What did you find uh, fascinating about television? And Um, in particular, as it related to your message. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I I think the the radio and TV thing was was well before Mm -hmm. I even had the idea regarding the go-giver or, or, you know, that which really was a natural result of of my sales career. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I always, as I was growing up, uh, I mean, the first thing I wanted to be was third baseman for the Boston Red Sox. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, I think I could have been. I just lacked one little thing, and that was any uh, semblance of talent. But that aside, (laughs) you know, it it would have been a great gig. But but I was also always that guy who, when I was playing on, you know, uh, on the ball field, I was sort of announcing the game at the same time. I was that annoying kid who, you know, who did that. And so... (laughs) You know, I I always knew there was there that that I wanted to to do TV or radio, and and I started out in radio as many people do, and then uh, you know it it ended up through a series of events that I heard about a, a a job opening in news, which I really didn't want to do. I really wanted to do television sports, but uh, I remember every day I'd come home from from this is after college, and I'd come home from work every day, and you know the question would be, hey mom, have my uh, rejection letters got here yet? Because because every day there were like five or six rejection letters from the station saying, you know, thanks, but no thanks. They were all nice, but, but they were all, you know, basically saying no. So uh, when I, I finally found out about this job in the Midwest, I made a call and spoke to the news director. He said, do you think he can do news? I said, absolutely, I can. <laughs> and, well, we're uh, going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to find out what happened next in the life of Bob Berg. The Go-Giver, and we're going to talk about the premise of that book itself. So thank you for listening, and we're going to be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back to my show today with speaker, author, former TV personality, and the sought-after speaker at leadership and sales conferences, and who will talk about his Go-Giver book, which has been a bestseller. So, Bob, thank you. I'm so glad again that you're on the show, and we took a little quick break, and you know, we were talking about your first getting into becoming this news person with the television, or was it radio, and how you went from that into TV, into sales, and let's just go back a bit. All right? Yeah, well, you know, I, I kind of had the uh, the impression that I wasn't going to be in, in television for very long and, <laughs> and knew I was going to need to do something. And uh, I also remember I was in a very, very small market, so I wasn't making a lot of money. So to, to make some extra money while figuring out what I was going to really do, I uh, asked the person in sales at the uh, TV station if I could sell advertising for them. And, well, they're always looking for, you know, anyone who will go out and sell. So they said yes. And, uh, you know, the, again, the training wasn't very good. I, I knew nothing about it. And that's why, I, as mentioned earlier, I floundered for a while until I, mm-hmm. uh, until I found some, some good books and, and learned it. But so that was really, that was really it. But once I got into sales and started to learn, it opened up a whole new world for me because part of sales and part of entrepreneurship for you know for those who are listening mm-hmm. and who are entrepreneurs is that you really begin to build yourself from the inside in order for success to manifest itself on the outside so that's why i'm a huge believer in mm-hmm. reading books uh you know to me i started out with books like uh um Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People after the sales mm-hmm. books, because the sales books were how-to, but it was also a matter of, of building from within. So books like uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People and Think and Grow Rich and As a Man Thinketh and books such as, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's just so many of them. I mean, they're just wonderful that, that I, would, I went on a steady diet of reading, and I began really working on myself. And as I began to work on myself and improve myself on the inside, uh, success began to really happen on the outside. And, and that's really something that I think everyone in sales, and if you're an entrepreneur, you're in sales because your entrepreneurial venture is that's going right. to depend on, uh, you know, on, your, on right. sales. And so, uh, you know, so I think the two really go together. They do. And I think, Bob, thank you for emphasizing that, because I really think so many people want to start from that outside rather than really the look has to start with inside and growing that person within. Mm-hmm. And then everything else will fall in place. So let's get back to uh, the, the premise of your book itself. And I want to know the, 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 the five laws that you and John share in this book, because I'm sure that's going to help somebody um, listening today. And I want you listeners to call your friends and tell them to listen to this show. They can download the show. And at the end of the show, we're going to show where you can get a chapter of this book, too. So, Bob, uh, just a quick review of the five laws you and John share in that book. Sure. And, and again, the, the laws uh, – um 
all follow from the basic premise of shifting your focus from getting to giving, understanding that giving simply means constantly and consistently providing value to others, and that's the key. The five laws themselves are the laws of value, uh, compensation, influence, authenticity, and uh, receptivity. The, the first one being the law of value, which mm-hmm. says your true worth in the business sense, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, when you hear that, it sounds a bit counterintuitive. Uh, I mean, how, when you think, you know, how do you give more in value than you take in payment mm-hmm. and and uh, thrive in your business, never mind survive, right? I mean, it, it, it kind of sounds <laughs> right. like a recipe for bankruptcy, give more in value than you take in payment. So to understand this, we simply need to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, mm-hmm. Price is a dollar amount. It's a dollar figure. It's, it's finite. It, it simply is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to someone that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be absolutely ecstatic that they did while you make a very healthy profit? Uh, Could I give you a quick example? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's say you hire an accountant to, uh, to do your tax returns. Mm-hmm. And th- this accountant charges you, uh, we'll just name a round figure, $1,000. That's their, mm-hmm. their fee or literally their price. Mm-hmm. So what's the value that they're providing you? Well, through their years of, of study, of hard work, through getting to know you and your business, what you're looking to accomplish, they're able to save you uh, $5,000 in taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they also, this person also uh, saves you hours of time and mm-hmm. also provides you with the security and peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So, right. Yeah. So we see here that, again, while price is finite, value is both concrete in terms of that $5,000 savings, but it's also conceptual in terms of that peace of mind, which probably holds more value to you than even the money saved. So what this accountant did is they gave you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 price. So you feel great about it, right? Because you receive much more in value than what you paid. But they also made a very, very healthy profit to them. It was worthwhile to do that. So both parties won. And and that's the key. They gave you more in value than what they took in payment. So both of you, uh, and and by the way, the the essence of a free market-based exchange is that both parties come away from the transaction better off than they were before the transaction. Well, you know, I have a scenario for you that you point out, and I I just learned this. What happens when you give a price and people want a discount? (laughs) And it's like everybody today, uh, you know, they're focused on the discount. So uh, how do you handle often I'm asked, and I maybe you are too, uh, to discount my fee or my price. And typically, sure. you know, uh, I think the tendency is sort of to balk at the price or, again, we're giving more in value than they put in 
in terms of dollars. So how, how do you work that out? Well, I'm going to suggest that you don't discount your price. I also want you charging enough that you're making a very, very healthy profit. See, when you, when you sell on, if you try and sell on low price, or let's put it this way, unless your last name is Walmart, <laughs> selling on low price is not a good business policy. Not a good thing. No, okay. Right. It's not fun. It's not profitable. It's, it's not sustainable. When you sell on low price, you are looked at as a commodity. And if they buy from you because of a low price, they're going to buy from something, you know, your competitor next time on low price. Also, if you're selling on low price, you're not making enough of a margin in order to be able to service that sale. And that person's going to end up being disappointed. Uh, ill will will be spoken, <laughs> felt and then spoken. It just doesn't work out. I want you charging enough. I want you charging on the higher end and communicating value. See, when you sell on low price, you're a commodity. When you sell on value, you're a resource. And so uh, I don't want you discounting the price. Now, when someone says your price is too high or someone says, can you do a little better? Well, the first thing is, if they're saying that, there, there's a couple of reasons. One is because you may not have done a sufficient job of, of selling them on the value that you're bringing mm-hmm. them. Remember, mm-hmm. value is always in the eyes of the beholder. So when you are in the selling process, you need to be able to communicate through asking questions, listening, and then tying the benefits of your product or service to what they need, what they want, what they desire. If you don't do that, then sure, they're always going to come back and say the price is, is too high. So you mm-hmm. need to make sure you're selling value. But there's also people who it's just it's like their religion. You know, I mean, they just they, they have been taught uh, – don't go with the first price. So they're always yeah, going to yeah. ask you to, to mm-hmm. and you've got mm-hmm. to be able to, in a very kind, gentle way, uh, let them know that while you appreciate their offer, this uh, this is your price. And fortunately, we're able to provide such extraordinary value for this price uh, mm-hmm. that our customers are very, very happy with it, as, as uh, I'm sure you will be. One of the things I'm getting out of this, too, and the listeners, I, I, I want to share this, is that what I've heard you say, too, is one of the things is that you have to know who you are. We talked about that inner uh, going within, knowing who you are, reading books, uh, learning your craft, knowing that you're good at what you do, that you know without a question that you are worth, that you have value, mm-hmm. and you're worth what you're charging. I think, and I could be wrong, Bob, that a lot of people just don't really believe they're really worth what they're charging. So they lowball themselves in a mm-hmm. sense because they don't really feel that they have that value. So oh, do, do you agree? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So that's the first thing. The, the, the first thing is you have got to absolutely uh, believe that you as well as your product or service is worth what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's really three things you need to have in in place when when someone uh, asks you to. And again, I'm I'm saying when I'm not talking about if you haven't done a good job of communicating value. If that's the case, they're going to ask you to come down on your feet, or they're just not going to buy because they don't mm-hmm. feel it's worthwhile. But I'm talking about when you've 
communicated extraordinary value. They know, but again, just as I say, some people make a religion out of, out of you know, asking for a discount. I mean, they will never, ever, they've just been taught that way. That's just how they're, mm-hmm. they will mm-hmm. never, ever, mm-hmm. ever just accept without saying, can you do better? So three things must be in place in order for you to maintain your fee. And the first is just what you were saying, which I love. You know mm-hmm. that you are without question worth what mm-hmm. you're charging. That has to be just so inside of you that it's, it's immutable. Number two, you need to make sure you have effectively communicated value that exceeds the price. Number three, you have to phrase your response respectfully, confidently, mm-hmm. and tactfully. Great. Um, I, I love you- that. Sure. You can, give, you can give me some examples, but I want to ask a real quick question because I know that we have a lot today. We have more women entrepreneurs and women who are getting into the business. But I'll tell you, one of the one of the challenges that I hear are this whole notion of asking and feeling the value of that you're worth what you're charging. So my question, Bob, is: Have you in your travels found differences between the behavior of men? versus women regarding this whole law, which I call the law. <laughs> well, I mean, I've heard, you know, a lot of women say that women have a more difficult time, um, you know, holding to their fee or feeling, you know, the, the worthiness issue or feeling they've got to. But I've heard women tell me that. So who am I to disagree, especially as a guy? I mean, I okay. have to believe what I'm, what I'm told. But I also know women who absolutely will maintain their fee integrity, understand their value, totally stay with their value. And these are some of the greatest salespeople and entrepreneurs I've ever met. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's wise to say, well, I'm a woman, uh, and so I'm going to be, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to have the confidence to maintain. No, instead, it's that you're a woman and you have the confidence to maintain your fee. You have the belief in yourself. You understand that what you're representing and what you're providing is exceptionally wonderful value. Um, can I give you an example of one of my clients who, who just had this happen recently? Sure, absolutely. Well, her name's Brenda. She, she actually, it's not really Brenda, but I'm not using her real name. So it's, it's Brenda with quotation marks around it. <laughs> um, but she owns a, a, a private duty nursing company, and she received a call from someone who'd seen her advertisement. It was a woman who, along with her siblings, uh, felt it was time their 90-year-old mom had a, a professional nurse with her throughout the day. Uh, Brenda did, you know, the discovery. She she found out exactly what they needed. She quoted her fee of $30 an hour, and she provided a number of references. Now, her fee is a bit higher than many of her competitors, which I like, and uh, Brenda let, let the, you know, the person she spoke with know that. So a couple of days later, she received a text from the prospective client, said, uh, I discussed this with my brother and sister. We'd love to hire you if you would agree to $25 an hour we'll go ahead and sign the contract with you right now. Now, Brenda told me that, you know, uh, she would in the old days she would have done that. Okay? Now, by the way, $5 an hour might not sound like much, but it really has two effects. One, mm-hmm. over time it is significantly less money if you go down in price $5 an hour. But number mm-hmm. two, and this is the most important one, if you go down in price, mm-hmm. even $5 an hour, it tells you and the marketplace, that your market value is 
25 an hour, not 30 and an not hour. And not 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she texted back a very nice message that said, you know, good morning, Sue. Also not the person's name, but good morning, Sue. Thank you, and I completely understand if my fee is not in your budget. Your mom sounds lovely, and it would be my pleasure to help out if circumstances change. So she very sweetly, she didn't act mm-hmm. indignant, she didn't get, no, mm-hmm. nothing. She said, good morning, you know, thank you, I completely, that's fine. Uh, your mom sounds lovely, it would be my pleasure, if sir. Well, just moments later, she received a return text that said, please don't walk away. We will pay 30 an hour, and we're so excited to have found you, we will make it work, please reconsider. So now this person is selling Brenda on, on, you know, working for them. That, see, that's how I want it to be. And, that, and it can mm-hmm, be that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. But you need to, to, to feel, you need to know your, your value. You need to, as one of my other client, uh, coaching clients had said, uh, uh, you've got to walk in your value. And, and you know, that's, that's I like okay. that. I like that. And if you know that your fee, what you're charging, is appropriate you and of value, you will stand with it. I love that, Bob. I love that, and thank and, you and so much. For you know, one, one quick thing, and we talked about you know women feeling that way about you know I know many men too who who are horrible self negotiators. So I, I so believe it, you. it's not just a woman thing. <laughs> it's, it's a no, I believe thing. you. It is not a woman thing. Right. Well, we're going to take a quick uh, a quick little break, and we're going to come back, and I want to talk about a little bit more about. What is, who needs a go-giver? And one of the principles in your book you talk about is influence. And how does a go-giver create influence personally and in business? So listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be right back with my guest, Mr. Bob Berg. So thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new Internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back. Ah, we have had an awesome, awesome discussion this afternoon and maybe morning for some of you or nighttime. But anyway, Mr. Berg shares information on topics all around the world vital to the success of today's business person. And so I am so excited that we have him today to discuss some of his business parable, The Go-Giver, and it's co-authored with John David Mann. And I am excited. We have been talking about value. And how does a person, uh, Bob, add value to others without costing too much money? Yeah, you know, that's a a very pertinent question because, let's face it, in today's day, technology has leveled off the playing field. So uh, what I mean by that is, by Mm -hmm. and large, most products and services today work, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they cost generally about the same thing, and they have pretty much about the same quality. Now, again, there are, there are differences at times, but by and large, not a whole lot at this point. And so what's happened is the world has become commoditized. Uh, mm-hmm. People now at this point, you know, if they, uh, especially if a, if a potential customer does not see any difference between your product or service and that of your competitors, it's always going to come down to who has the lowest price. And we've already discussed why that is not a good business strategy to sell on right. low price. So how do you add that kind of significant value that, that makes you different and makes you, as my colleague Scott McCain says, makes you distinct in the marketplace? And what it comes down to uh, is that you've got to be that additional value. So how do you do that? Well, there are probably hundreds of ways to communicate that additional value, but they tend to come down to five what we call elements of value. And Mm -hmm. those five are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you can communicate those elements of value, one or more, hopefully all five of them, at every single touch point with your prospect, uh, as you develop the relationship, during your presentation, when you're uh, through referrals, at every point, that's, that is where you totally separate yourself from your competition. Can you repeat those five elements again? We have sure. excellence. Uh, they are okay. excellence. Excellence. Cons- yeah. Consistency. Yes. Attention, empathy, and appreciation. Now, I think some people may have a little trouble with the empathy, but I love it. Uh, all of this. And the, because one of the things that people will ask, and I know this, and I'll ask a lot of people too, what makes you distinctive? What makes you, and I always grew up with the notion that I had to be better than the average bear. I don't know if you've ever heard that slogan before, but sure. excellence is my way of doing business. That is my tagline. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I appreciate these five elements, and I hope the listeners have taken note. I hope you're taking notes, because I am, that we need these five elements that make you distinctive uh, in terms of not just selling a commodity. So thank you so much. Anything else you want to add on that? Because, you know, we're like you said, we're in such a competitive economic environment that any piece of advice that I'm sure you can give <laughs> is going to help somebody out there that's listening. And that lets me sort of segue to a question for you, Bob. Was there one piece of advice that you received before you knew anything about being a go-giver that 
that entailed that made a difference for you? Uh, you know, I, I would say that I got to really observe from watching my dad um, how important having great people skills is to being successful. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I have a wonderful mom and dad, still have them, thank God, to this day. Um, dad and yes. I both in our respective businesses have been sort of the the in front of the crowd type of people. So I always watched dad and I, I always watched when he would meet people and how he treated people and acted toward people. And, uh, you know, I have a saying that I base on my dad. He never told me this, but it's just from, from watching him all, all this time. And that is the single greatest people skill is a highly developed and authentic interest in the other person. person. And that's one thing I always noticed about him. It didn't matter who he was meeting or talking to. He was absolutely laser-focused on them and making them what I call feel genuinely good about themselves as human beings. And when we do that, people naturally feel good about us. Um, and, and I think people skills is really the difference maker. It's, mm-hmm. that, it's mm-hmm. that one thing that separates the the reasonably successful person from that absolute superstar successful person because the the talent and all that is important very important and yes. you know obviously the core competencies of what you do but there are a lot of good competent talented people that's more of a uh, entry fee just to get into the game right but that person who has really honed their people skills and again through an authentic heart that's the person who, who really is nine steps ahead of the game in a in a ten step game. Well, you know, it's interesting uh, that you mentioned that because there's a person that I learned that from and started emulating him many years ago, and you'll never guess who that was. I don't know if this is the U.S. president you knew, but that was Bill Clinton. Uh, no, that wasn't the person who I Bill appeared on stage with. Okay, well, um, Bill Clinton. Would would if he met you, he would be entirely focused on. I've heard you. that. Yeah. I mean, I met him, and it was like I don't care. There were all these people around. There were you know reporters. There were the Secret Service, but he looked at me directly. And mm-hmm. folks, how are you? Good to meet you. I understand you're good friends with Congresswoman Da 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 Da, and it's such a pleasure. Keep doing the good work you're doing. And he was like, I was like, oh, my God, I felt so special. So you're absolutely right. People skills, but being authentic and interested in the other person. And I didn't really feel that it was fake. I felt it was really sincere. So that that's wonderful. One of the, the other things is that one of the principles in your book that you talk about that's influence uh, that a go-giver creates influence personally mm-hmm. and in business. Is that one of your principles? Well, sure. The, the law of influence is the third, the third law. And uh, the law of influence simply says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first, which, again, sounds counterintuitive, as most of the laws in the book do, until you really think about it. Because the greatest leaders, the top influencers, the highest producing salespeople and entrepreneurs, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking out for the other person. They're 
always looking for ways to bring value to others. Now, I want to make sure to qualify this statement because it can be very easily confused, and I think it's very important. When we say place the other person's interests first, we absolutely do not mean you should be anyone's doormat or you should be self-sacrificial or a martyr in any way. Absolutely positively not at all. It's simply that as Joe, the protege, learned in the story uh, from several of the mentors, the golden rule of, of business, of sales, what have you, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's simply no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you in others than by genuinely and authentically moving from what we call an I focus or me focus to an mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. focus. <laughs> Looking for ways to, to really make your win about the other person's win. And as you do that, you will really just develop mm-hmm. what we call an army of personal walking ambassadors. Thank you for sharing that. Well, certainly, Bob, you are a walking ambassador. I want to know, how did you stay grounded uh, when you're sharing the platform with so many uh, top thought leaders and broadcast personalities and all of these political leaders, including a former president? How did you stay grounded? Were you nervous? Uh, (laughs) What was happening with Bob? Well, I, I get nervous before every time I speak, whether it's a, a crowd of 50 or 15,000. You know, I, uh-huh. I get the same uh-huh. feeling of nervousness before I go on because I feel a real responsibility to, you know, to bring value to an audience. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm getting paid to do so, and so I have a real fiduciary to, to bring exceptional <laughs> value. So, sure, I get nervous, I, you know, but it was like any – it was – same as playing sports when I was a kid or, or before mm-hmm. I went on the air as a broadcaster. You, know, you always get that kind of sense of the butterflies and, and so forth, and that's okay. But, um, you know, as far as staying grounded, there's no reason not to be. I mean, I'm just doing something that I do. Like, you know, we all, we all do something. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, uh, I just, I'm very grateful for having the opportunity to, to do what I do. That's wonderful. One of the things I was intrigued with uh, that you did a lot um, – in self-improvement, and I'm going to make a general statement. Don't I don't want any nasty letters from you guys out there, but I know that many guys, uh, men particularly, especially, they're not particularly drawn to self-improvement. Why do you think you were driven to self-improvement? Um, gosh, I know a lot of guys who are, so I, I guess I don't really... Um you know, see that as, as necessarily being something that holds for, you know, for anyone based on gender. But uh, I, I think I was drawn to it just because I saw that it was that as I was mm-hmm. as I was doing so naturally, it made a difference in my life. And as I, you know, and as it did, mm-hmm. I wanted to know more. And as I started to to understand, you know, it, it, it's so interesting because I, I'm often asked the question, and I'll relate it back to this in a moment, but I'm often asked the question, if you could give your, you know, your 20-year-old self a, a piece of advice, what would that be? And mm-hmm. uh, and mine would be to to understand that you don't know any anywhere near what you think you know, and half of what you know for sure, just like there's that old saying, I think Mark Twain said it, he's always credited with it, uh, it's not what you don't know that gets, gets into trouble, it's what yes, you're absolutely what you certain do. you yeah. do know that just ain't so. <laughs> yes. And that was me. 
Uh, I was absolutely sure at a young age that I knew everything about human nature, how the world operated, and everything else. And I, I found out that you know pretty much everything I knew was wrong, <laughs> and, uh, or just wasn't so. So when I did start to learn things through personal development, uh, it, it just opened up a whole new world for me. Well, I, I want to applaud you for that. And I can tell you I have done a lot of work globally with a lot of men. And not everyone, I can assure you, takes that road for self-improvement, and maybe they need to, because a lot of it gets uh, confused with a lot of medication, medicating through alcohol, drugs, or other kinds of things to what's happening within. So that's why I made that statement. But Mm -hmm. I know there are men who do uh, self-improvement, and they're drawn to that. So thank you. I want to know, are there any misconceptions about the go-giver, because the name itself uh, implies that you give constantly. Can you be taken advantage of that way? Well, that's a question that's often asked, and it's a good question, because you, you, know, you hear the title, the go-giver, and it sounds like you know, you're giving yourself away or something like that, which, of mm-hmm. course, that is absolutely not the case. A, a go-giver is not someone who gives themselves away or doesn't make a profit. It's just someone who simply understands that giving value to others, a focus on that is, uh, mm-hmm. again, not only a pleasant way to live life and conduct business, it's actually very financially profitable. So, um, so yeah, that would, that would certainly be a, a, a false premise. But, you know, can you be taken advantage of? Not if you don't want to be. Uh, being a go-giver okay. and being taken advantage of, just, uh, there's there's no relationship with that. I always say to people, if you're a you know if you're a nice person and you find yourself being taken advantage of, it's not because you're a nice person. It's because you're doing things in such a way that you're allowing yourself to be taken advantage of. So uh, you know, so the the mm-hmm. two really have have nothing. Uh, okay. You know, no natural relationship. Okay, that's great. Bob, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And as we wrap up the show, I want to ask you, and I'm certain many of the listeners have enjoyed uh, your sharing the go-giver way and how it's worked for you and many other individuals. So I want you to share with my listeners how they can get immediate access to your special report and some sample chapters of the go-giver books. Sure, pretty easy. Just visit thegogiver.com, without the hyphen in this case, thegogiver.com, and pretty much everything is there right at the website, so come on around and visit and have fun. Thegogiver.com, remember that, and he has a special report and sample chapters of the Go-Giver books that you can get. I am going to be getting a few of those, I hope, Bob, (laughs) and again, I want to thank you for being on the show And I really want to wish you success in your future endeavors. And remember, if any of your listeners missed the show today, you can download it later at www.transformationforsuccess.com. So before I close, Bob, any last words of wisdom and advice for my listeners? I would say just go out there and do what you love to do and find a way to serve others through what you love to do and everything else kind of just takes care of itself. Well, thank you, Bob, for sharing some really vital information today that I'm certain is going to help many listeners out there. And again, go to gogiver.com. No, it's Uh (laughs) thegogiver.com. Correction, Dr. Young. So until next week, I am going to 
wish you a very happy week and have a really blessed week and a happy day. It's Monday and it's the beginning of a week. So have a great time. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.